What's your tolerance for danger? Let's give a hypothetical situation. Say you and your family took a vacation to somewhere like Colorado to go snow skiing. And let's say it's your first time. So you've never been snow skiing before. You've heard about how fun and amazing it is. And so you're excited to finally get out onto the slopes. You're excited to see the beautiful snow all over the mountain. You look around and there's people in their, um, in their ski gear and they seem to be having a great time. They're coming down and they're making it look really easy as they come down the slopes. So you're really excited. You got all your gear on now and you're about to get onto the ski lift. And you notice that somebody is having a dramatic fall and they're severely hurting themselves. And it turns out, everybody kind of gathers around, and after all the commotion stops, it turns out that they break their arm. And now you have a decision to make. Are you going to get onto that ski lift or not? And probably a lot of people, upon seeing that right then and there, might be a little bit more hesitant. You know, they probably would eventually get onto that ski lift, but there's probably some hesitation and maybe even, uh, for some people, a, a reason to just maybe just not even ski at all that day. Sometimes whenever we see someone else do something and they either fail or get hurt or they suffer in some kind of way, it kind of prevents us from trying that out. It makes us hesitate before we would participate in such an activity as well. But you see, just because that person broke their arm snow skiing doesn't mean that we should all stop snow skiing. Doesn't mean that therefore snow skiing is so unsafe that no one should do it. It just means that there's a risk. And if you feel called to snow ski, then you're going to just have to take that risk. I use that as an analogy because today in the gospel, we hear St. Mark's version of Jesus calling the disciples to follow him. Last week, we heard St. John's version. And, and they're both compatible. It, it, if you kind of look at it, it almost seems as though what happened in St. John's gospel happens first, which is why we had it last week. And then a little while later, this happens of what St. Mark records. And it's the classic story about Jesus says, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And they drop their nets and they follow him. But before that happens, what's interesting is that there's this line that says, after John the Baptist got arrested, Jesus began proclaiming the good news of the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. But it's interesting right there. It's so easy to pass up. After John the Baptist got arrested, and that, that verb right there, arrested in Greek, is para didomi, and it means hand it over, literally, to, to hand over. But what's, what's, what's interesting is that it's the same word that St. Mark uses whenever Jesus is betrayed and arrested and handed over in the passion narrative. And so what's, what's really interesting here is that word almost kind of is like a bookend. Like it's like at the very beginning, the first thing that Jesus does in his ministry after he's baptized and goes off into the desert, fast for 40 days, the very next thing that happens in St. Mark's gospel is this. And he prefaces it with John the Baptist 
being handed over, arrested. And already you can see the cross is foreshadowed in the story of Jesus. Right there at the very beginning, foreshadowed is the cross, this experience of being betrayed, handed over, and arrested. But I'd like to uh, consider putting ourselves in St. Andrew's shoes. Because if you recall from last Sunday, we talked about how St. Andrew, the apostle, was first a disciple of St. John the Baptist. And probably St. John the evangelist was a disciple of John the Baptist as well. So Andrew and John followed John the Baptist because John the Baptist was intriguing. He was magnetic. People um, were, were drawn to him because of what he was saying. He was this wonderful preacher. It seemed like he was speaking the word of God and people were following him in great numbers. And because of that, King Herod was threatened. And because he was threatened, King Herod arrested John the Baptist. So you can imagine, Andrew, whenever that happened, like, it suddenly got real. Like, he was following John the Baptist and intrigued by him, but then he gets arrested. And imagine what emotional turmoil St. Andrew must have gone through when that happened. And as we saw last week, John the Baptist aligned or rather endorsed the teachings of Jesus. He says, behold the Lamb of God, and points to Jesus, and aligning himself with Christ, and, 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 and directing St. Andrew to Christ. And as he now, in today's gospel, is invited to follow him, he has to be imagining, okay, John the Baptist got arrested, and this man is going to be saying similar things as John the Baptist. So there's a very high chance that this man who's asking me to follow him is also going to get arrested one day. And now St. Andrew has a choice to make. After already having seen suffering take place, is he willing to get on board? Is he willing to follow? Is he willing to take this risk? And as the story goes, he drops his nets and he follows Jesus. I think that's significant there, right? Because sometimes we can maybe even take for granted the great risk and tremendous amount of courage that it took for these disciples to follow Christ, especially for St. Andrew and St. John the Apostle. So I I want us to maybe kind of think about that. you know, because I think that we can very easily kind of take for granted um, the, the great challenge of following Christ in the American 21st century church. Because right now it's still for pretty much very safe to be a Christian and very, very safe and, and okay to be Catholic here in Lafayette these days. But what we've noticed as we've kind of paid attention in the past, you know, 50 years or so, is that it's becoming increasingly less and less popular. It's becoming increasingly more and more risky, more and more dangerous to be associated with Christ, particularly to follow him faithfully, to give your allegiance to Christ 
above everything else, that is risky. That is not as easy as it looks. But that's the invitation that Jesus gives to each one of us today, is are we willing to take the risk? Are we willing to do something dangerous, namely to follow Christ? Not in the sense of we're going look for trouble, certainly not, but it tends to occur that as we follow Christ, the world gets threatened. And just as King Herod threw John the Baptist into prison, just as the world crucified Christ, so too are we signing up for martyrdom in a way. And maybe, you know, maybe we won't actually be the ones that die physically for Christ. But even today, if you look around and, and, and pay attention to, um, to what's happening in certain countries Even today, this year, people are dying for their faith. In certain countries, it is not okay to be Christian. It's not okay to be Catholic. And and certain priests and bishops and, and lay people are being arrested right now and killed. And we might say, well, that's, you know, thank goodness we're in America, and it's true. But you just never know what the future holds. And if push comes to shove, are we willing to drop our nets and follow him? Now, even before it becomes that dramatic, I think that at least all of us can, can just think about very easily times in our life where it's, you know, even just on a, a social level or, you know, emotional level, friendship-wise and, and in the workplace and at school, sometimes it's just not popular to be faithful to Christ. And although it may not be in the sense of being arrested and killed, it's still like your reputation's on the line and people might judge you and gossip about you and it's, it's just uncomfortable and it's difficult to live that out. And Jesus says, come and follow me. And so I'm just pointing out how, how difficult this might be and how dangerous it might be, but the good news is that it's worth it. It's so worth it that this is the best decision you can ever make in your life every single day to repent and believe in the gospel. That's what Jesus says when he comes onto the scene. Repent and believe in the gospel. Now is the time of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Be not afraid because there's no better decision than this, to follow him. To repent is to change your ways and to follow Christ. To believe is not only to intellectually assent to Christ, but but also to trust, to, to trust that God is with you and God will triumph. To repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel is the good news, not just the rules that you have to follow, but rather good news because Jesus has defeated the enemy and you do not have to be enslaved any longer. There is something better than what meets the eye. There's something beyond this world, and you can taste it even right now. Yes, it's risky. Yes, I'd say it's even dangerous to follow Christ, but it is worth it. And we need to remind ourselves very often how worth it it is. 
because so easily the world and the spirit of the enemy can suck all of the life out of us and we become disheartened and discouraged and we would just rather not. But repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news that Jesus Christ is with you and that it is worth taking the risk of following him. Amen.